0: Lesson of after conversion and to be faithful uh, in your handout. If you don't have a copy, raise your hand. We have plenty of them. We'll give you a copy. We'd like for everybody to have a copy. Uh, There's so much that we need to think about Mm -hmm. as Christians to grow and Mm -hmm. to be nurtured and to take on the likeness of God and Christ. In the left-hand corner there of your uh, scriptures, you'll have Acts 2.38 and Acts 22.16, and that indicates that then uh, in on the day of Pentecost, that's what the people did to have remission of their sins. That's what they did uh, to be converted. We talked about that this morning. Acts 22 and 16, is uh, an instance where Paul was told by Ananias to arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So he washed away his sins, he was converted. His past sins, he was one who stood by and held the coats of those who stoned Stephens. And he had sinned greatly because uh, uh, the most devoted people, uh, had been killed by, at his hand. And to think about, uh, Jesus loving him and forgiving him and cleansing him was just more than he could even, uh, uh, visualize. He said that he was the chief of all sinners and that he was not worthy, uh, to be called, uh, uh, the person that he was, but certainly he, he was. And when you think about conversion, you think about a person being uh, certainly uh, like Paul who had done things that he shouldn't have done, but all of us were just as big a sinners as Paul because when you're outside of Christ, you're just lost. And uh, when you're saved, then it's a, it's a different thing. We forget these things. And these are things we ought to remember. In the left-hand I just, in order to make us more efficient, in order to make us uh, stay on target and focus in the right direction, uh, we need to keep remembering <clears throat> that in Second uh, Corinthians 5 and 7, that he says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, if you can just not forget that newness, that will make a lot of difference. But so much of the time, we forget that. And we need to understand that we are new creatures. Now, uh, some may say, well, I was a new creature, but I don't know whether I'll be saved now or not. And I've done so many things I shouldn't have done, and I don't know. Then that's where we've lost our grip. That's where we've gotten out of focus. Because in First John, the first chapter he makes it very clear that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of sins. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of his Son cleanses us from all a sin. So the people who have been made new creatures, the thing that they, we must remember is that we can keep as clean as we were when we were born and made a new creature. That's what the blood of Christ is for If we lose our focus, if we lose our faith, uh, we can't. But that's the reason why we must stay in touch with him. And that's the reason why in Romans 6, uh, he wrote to the Roman brethren. He had never been there. He said he'd like to go there. But he explained to them that uh, when, when your new creature, the sixth chapter says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into Christ. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk, or is that new life? Newness of life. Now, that's the walking of the new life. And I think the, the drudgery and the frown on our faces would uh, vanish if we could understand we're new creatures, but we keep walking in the light and we keep being cleansed. It's like a windshield wiper in the rain. It's on. And it's our faith. If we make a mistake, we think bad thoughts. Uh, we don't need to let them um, be harbored or contained in our mind. We need to get rid of them at that time. And uh, you can think of it in another way. And you need to remember that we're babies in Christ. When we in First uh, Peter two and two, uh, he said, "As newborn babes." Uh, Receive the sincere milk or the spiritual milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. So it's a constant thing, is what we're doing now: is taking a hold of the word and being efficient and growing and getting stronger. And uh, if you turn over to 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, the third, uh, the First Corinthians, the third chapter, we have something similar to that in Paul's writings, uh, where that he's uh, he is uh, telling. The Corinthian brethren, that uh, uh, they were children. And uh, he said in that third uh, chapter, verses 1 and 2, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as the spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babies in Christ. So when we do become a Christian, we need to understand it's no insult to sin or make mistakes. The thing, the bad thing, is to stay there. But we learn efficiency, and we learn uh, Christ by constantly being in touch with Him. He said, "I fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able." So we need to recognize and need to remember that uh, we are in the process of growing and that it's no insult to the Christian uh, to recognize he's a new creature, that he's a baby. And then there's just times when we need to stop and think. I want you to turn to to Matthew, the next one here, uh, Matthew, the, the fourth chapter, and uh, 1 through 11, because this is, is the temptation of Jesus. And uh, this is uh, uh, this is the chapter that shows us that not only Christ, but everybody is tempted in three these three avenues. And First John also states that. Uh, but uh, when Jesus was led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil, he was tempted in all points like as we yet without sin were told by Paul. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterwards in hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be, if, if be the Son of God, and you've heard me say that there are four if clauses in the original language, four conditional sentences. This is a conditional sentence that assumes the thing to be true. And it is translated in in many versions, since you're the Son of God. He he used, uh, the writer, Matthew, could have used other conditional sentences that wouldn't assume it to be true, but he used this one, and he he knew he was the Son of God. The devil knew he was the Son of God. Since you're the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, it is written, meaning... Shall not live by a man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, we need to remember, and one of these things to remember, is that that's the way we grow. Is to feed on God's word. Now, in your bulletin this morning, you had a calendar, and in that calendar, for January, you have it outlined where you can read. The the scriptures that we have there, and if we will continue to uh, hand that out, you'll go through the New Testament. Just emphasize the New Testament, you'll go through the New Testament three times this year. Now, what a wonderful thing that would be. And, and, And we want to try to help the body of Christ grow and the church to grow. Now, it can't do it unless we're good Bible students. And here he said, You can't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord. Now, if we wonder why we get discouraged and wonder why there's indifference, it's because we're not into the Word. And this is a great example. The devil takes him up into the into the holy city and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. This is the second time. And saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God. First he said, Turn these stones into bread. You're hungry. You haven't had anything to eat for 40 days. Uh, You can do it. You're the son of God. Why don't you do it? He said, oh, the word of God says I'll tempt God. So uh, having known what to do by the instruction of God's word, and that comes from Deuteronomy, uh, he was able to withstand the devil. Now, when he took him upon the temple and he said unto him, since you're the son of God, You can cast yourself down. He goes, here's a scripture. It's written in the scripture that he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. It's written that God won't let anything happen to you. So why don't you just just show me that? And he said, well, he said, In their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. He quoted scripture. You know, Well, we have a lot of people quoting scripture, misunderstanding scripture, and we need to be fortified by the scripture so we won't be misled. And Jesus said, it's written, here's another passage of scripture too, it's also written uh, when it said the angel would take care of me if I needed it, it's also written and said that you're not to tempt God. That'd be tempting God. Well, the devil didn't stop there. He kept He said, he takes him up into a exceeding high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Now, this shows you that that Jesus hadn't overcome the devil and hadn't become the prince and the power. He's still the power of the earth. But when Jesus left and went back up to heaven, he said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth now. So he's the king, but he overcame the devil, and here he says, look, he says to him, all these things belong to me. I'll give it to you if I will just fall down and worship me, condition, and Jesus knew the scripture, and he said, well, there's one thing about it, Satan, he said, it's written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Now the devil left him alone. And uh, we need to remember that in critical times, in critical times, uh, uh, we're under a test. Now in the passage that uh, Tom uh, read, uh, the 11th and 13th verse is, is one that you ought to, that's a beautiful description of the challenge that, uh, that was given unto the people under the old covenant, and how that it likens it unto us. But in the eleventh uh, through the thirteenth uh, verse, there he, he he talks about that temptation, that and and that uh, uh, there's no temptation, but what is is common to man. But he says, uh, uh, God will with the temptation provide also the way of escape that we may be able to endure it. Now, uh, if we think we're tempted and no one else is tempted, we're wrong. Because there's no temptation that comes to man except it's common, ordinary thing that the devil's using it. And so we can't just say, well, I'm an exception here. I can't. Anytime you have a critical period in your life, just understand Satan is there. He's trying to destroy you. We need to remember that he hasn't gone to sleep. He's not uh, off course. He he has our hearts, and uh, the possibility of falling uh, is is given in in John eight and uh, thirty one. And if you just look at that in the chapter there, you can see that uh, there's no exception. There's no exception. Uh, everybody is is uh, is subject to uh, falling and uh, in the 8th chapter of John and verse 31 he says to the Jews that believed on him he said you've got to continue in my work now if you don't you can't be my disciples when you're doing things indeed means doing things you'll fall you got to know that truth, and 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 uh, the truth is what will deliver you. See, and we need to remember that. In First John, the second chapter, and the the uh, uh, first and second uh, verses there, it, it, it's still here that uh, that he. Uh, it, it's a great passage that we just need to have in our minds, and we need to remember it. We need to go over it. We need to memorize it. We need to be able to say it. But this uh, passage here is one that each and every one of us need to make a part of our life and uh, uh, and know that the message that we have here, that it has been told us not to say it. But he knows that man for sin and Satan will tempt us. And then he says, if any man sins, don't forget that you have an advocate with the Father, and that just means a lawyer or a mediator or one who will go to bat for you. Jesus Christ the righteous. And the second verse says, he is the sacrifice. He's the atonement. He paid the price, propitiation, he paid the price for our sins. Now, we need to remember that. We need to keep remembering that. And not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. Now, that ought to motivate us to try to do uh, some work with other people uh, that, uh, that, that haven't known the truth because they're in sin too. Now, the eighth chapter of the book of Acts it shows the possibility of falling. We had this in our class this morning. It's, it's about old Simon. And Simon himself, when he believed, the eighth chapter, it said he was baptized. Now, a person who believes and is baptized is saved. But when he saw that on the laying over the apostles' hands the Holy Spirit was given, he said, I want to give you some money. And that on whomsoever I lay my hands, that they may receive the Holy Spirit also. He's is to be like an apostle. And Paul, I mean Peter said, uh, you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. He sinned. He had just been baptized, it had just been cleaned, he just became a new creature. But he sinned. And he says, you're in the uh, God of interest, you're in the bond of iniquity, and you pray it, perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven me. You don't have any part, you don't have any lot in an apostle's uh, schedule. And uh, we know that that is the the underlying, what we call the the law of pardon to the the person who's a member of the church. That's the the place that we have it that's real easily, and it's easy to share with people. And that's the reason we need to teach it. And the denominational world thinks in all the passages that we are told to have faith and live close to God, they think that's just to the alien sinner. And that's to the person who has sinned and who's drawn away from God and needs to have faith. And we need to not be deluded by the denominational uh, doctrine of uh, that that they have uh, uh, carved out of this, and tell people, well, all you have to do here's a passage that says, "Believe of the Lord, or believe in Him and trust in Him, and you'll be saved." Well, you have to be careful and know to whom that's talking. And we need to utilize it and understand that when we sin, we shouldn't wait one moment. We shouldn't wait any time. A person, a Christian who is a Christian, and remembers, he's saying he doesn't harbor resentment or evil or bad feelings, or isolate himself from people. If anything happens, that's just asking for the devil to harbor you. Now, the reason that we can't—I want you to turn to the next passage, the Second Corinthians, the third chapter. This is a passage that uh, uh, shows that that we are representatives. Of of Christ. And uh, in this uh, 2nd Corinthians uh, letter, the third chapter, and uh, the second verse, he describes this and he says, Ye are our epistles written in our hearts. You are our epistle. And it's written in our hearts known and read of all men. So the reason we're new creatures and the reason why we're babes in Christ and the reason why we stay uh, in touch with Christ and stay cleansed is because we're representing God and Christ. And that's the way people stay in touch with Him is because we're representing. This is the reason why in... uh, In 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, uh, turn to that. uh, uh, 1 Timothy, the fourth chapter, and the the, uh, twelfth verse. He says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thine example of the believers. Example of the believers. Well, how? Well, in things that you say the kind way you say it, and the gracious words you say, and the blessings that you would give for it in word, and in conversation. And that is a matter of conduct. Now you'd think that that's a repetition of the word there, but really when you read that in other versions, American Standard or others, you'll say that that's a manner of conduct. So it's your behavior. Well, your behavior in what? Your behavior in love, charity is love. Your behavior in the kind of spirit that you have—a haughty spirit, prideful spirit, or submissive, understanding spirit—and then in faith. In faith is that we are a busy working. We're in the word and we're sharing the word. And our faith is very uh, exemplary to other people when we have faith and dependence on God. And it's in faith that we uh, certainly give an example. And in that last one is, in our pure life, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, the way that you stay pure in heart is to be pure, but at the same time is to continue the practice, keep on being pure, and have the right kind of attitude uh, there. Now, uh, in the Hebrew, the if we have a hard time uh, getting in touch with things that we ought to remember, this last one is something that's very easy when we are struggling and living uh, close to Christ. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, first and second verses said, uh, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, that's referring to the uh, 11th chapter where they mention all the ones by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. Seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that thus so easily beset us. And that's repeating what we've just talked about. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And here is the here is the instruction. Here's a focus. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of the pioneer and the trailblazer that went before us. So uh, we're having difficult struggles. We ought to think about, well, what do I do? What do I do? Am I going to feel sorry for myself? Well, now we're going to say, well, Jesus, I'm a part of Jesus. I'm going to meet these things, but I'm going to think about him, and I'm going to be perfected like he is. And in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, if you'll uh, turn to that, I want you to to look at that. And 1 through 7, the 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, and we've already mentioned uh, one of these uh, before in one of our other passages. But he says, uh Brethren, I could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as uncarnal, even as in debate. I fed you with milk, not meat, for the two of you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are carnal yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions. Now we might count it an insult if somebody said we were carnal. But if we have envy, and we have uh, jealousy, and we have differences, and we can't uh, straighten them out, and we can't talk lovable, we're carnal. We have to accept our our carnal nature, and uh, and 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 walk as men. He said, "Are you not carnal when you?" when you have envy and hate and resentment and all that. He said, I'll tell you the way it is, what's it's happening right there, you think you're very religious. One says, well, I'm Paul. Another says, I'm Apollos. Another said, he said, well, that, that's being carnal. So you're getting men, following men. And he said, who is Paul? He's just a carnal man. Who is Apollos? He's just a carnal man. He has the same struggle that we do. He said, they're just ministers by whom ye believe and you're in the race now. He says, even the Lord, as the Lord gave to every man. Every man has has a part to do, but we need to help each other. I have planted, the policies watered, and God gave the increase. Hey, we all have a contribution to make. And we ought to uh, stroke each other. We ought to help each other. We ought to accept our, our good points. We ought to help each other with the points where we're weak and we need help, and we need to understand uh, th- that that a person who plants—now, Apollos, uh, I mean, uh, he said, uh, I have planted. He planted, he started the church, and he taught people, and then Apollos helped them. He said, it doesn't matter if, if you're converted by a man or if a person— helps you after you become converted we're just all men and he said that's the way it happened then nobody planted is anything and no man that's waters anything but God is the one who gives the increase and blesses us now if we can remember this after we are converted and as Christians we're going to be, uh, we're going to be a lot better off now I want you to turn over to 1 Timothy if you will to the 4th chapter Uh, and the uh, 16th verse. Uh, That's a great passage, and uh, it's a great passage to remember. And uh, uh, the... uh, Take heed unto thyself, and unto the teaching. Doctrine means teaching. I just s- simply saying, take heed to yourself and the teachings, and that's what we've been going over. The teaching. Continue in them. You gotta keep on keeping them. There's no places you can say, well, I, I became a Christian, I'm a Christian, and, and I'm saved, and, and I'm, I don't have to keep on. Yes, we do. We gotta continue to keep that word. And for in doing this, You'll save yourself and the people who hear. And uh, that's a wonderful passage. Now, the revelation, uh, the top uh, one there, we're saved eternally. And we're saved eternally, constantly, and continuously. That's the reason he said, Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive the crown of life. That's a continuous struggle. Now, let's look at what God wants you to do. Matthew 22 and 37. He says to the man who says, What must I do? And he said, Well, what's the greatest command? He said, The greatest is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and as Luke said, with all your strength. And he said, uh, That's the first. And he says, The next one is like to it, Love thy neighbor as thyself. But let's just stop a minute and say, what is the greatest thing that we could do to be a Christian and to help people and to help people close to us and to help the church? To love God. I don't know if you ever have a struggle in, in trying to understand who God is and, and how he really reacts when you're praying to him or crying to him or, or whatever. But I think a good prayer a good prayer is to God is to God would you help me to love you? You've loved me so much. You've given the Son and I can't understand that love. And would you help me? Because I have a hard time loving anybody, much less a God that I can't see. I've just heard about him. Maybe, maybe you think that's that's not on your level. But I'll tell you, this passage says the greatest thing that a person can do is fall in love with God. And not just fall in love with God, but to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength. I don't know when that you can say uh, that you have done that completely. And uh, if you will turn to Matthew, the tenth, uh, uh, the tenth chapter, and the thirty-seventh verse, uh, let's just look at that one. Just a minute. Uh, We have a lot of trouble loving our father and mother. I think some people do. This fellow that worshiped with us Wednesday night said, You know, I, I went off and I didn't come back till what he was eight, whatever time he came back. And he said, My father hugged me, and, and he said, That's the first time my father told me he loved me. I've heard that very often from people. But I've heard on the other hand a lot of people say, Well, I love my father and I love my mother. Well, how much in comparison to what we love our father and our mother do we love God? That's a that's a that's a sort of a an assignment. He said, if any person loves father and mother more than me, if if our father and our mother means more to us than God does, look at that, or even our son or our daughter, that we've slighted him. There's a lot of food for thought there. Besides doing that, that little worksheet, that that little exercise, is, is a thing you can spend all week on and all your life on and the next one is to study to show yourself approved unto God handle a right the word of God and and the Bereans in Acts 17 and 11 they were more noble than the ones of Thessalonica because that's what they did God loves that kind of people and the next one is <clears throat> this is what God wants us to do God wants us to love him, God wants us to study. God wants us to study. And God wants us to pray. And Philippians 4 says, Don't worry. Don't worry. Instead of worrying in everything, by and supplication with thanksgiving, there's three terms there that, that describes prayer. Let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God that passes understanding shall guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Now this week, each one of us is going to have a struggle in something. Maybe every day it'll be a different one. Maybe it'll be uh, carried on the business or with individuals or what. And we're going to get disturbed, and we're going to get upset, and we're going to be nervous. And he said, we're going to worry. He said, no, 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 not that. You let you make your request known to God. And I'll tell you, I'll assure you, that the peace of God that passes understanding, you can't even understand it, will replace in your heart that worry. God wants us to pray. I don't understand it. But I don't understand everything about God because he's unseen. I just believe him. God wants us to assemble and worship. That's the reason he told the Hebrews. He said, don't forsake the assembly. A lot of people don't want that mentioned. Matthew 18, 20, he says, we're two or three gathered together, I'm there. We come for ourselves. I know we honor God, and I know he's here. But when we miss, we're doing an injustice to to ourselves more than anybody else God can live without it God can get along but we can't and you know the next one is giving and this these passages refer to money but I would like not to confine that just to money but it is an index You know, if a person doesn't give as he's prospered, he's not going to give to God his prayer and his time. And he's not going to be giving to people. I've just noticed that. I've noticed people who come and they miss and they don't give the contribution. Of course, we know that because we count the contribution. We know people said, and then sometimes they won't come for three or four times. They don't ever make it up. Now, I'm not the Gestapo that gets the big stick and gets after people. But I'm just saying that if this is a little index, it doesn't matter. All the silver and all the gold belongs to God. All the cattle on a thousand hills belong to God. It's just a way for him to test us. If we believe he's watching and if he knows what we're doing... And when he sees our dishonesty when dealing with him on little pennies, he knows we're dishonest. See? And did you know when that little giving, whether it's money or what it is, it, it also tr- uh, trickles over into our life? A person who's generous and fair and honest with God will be giving and honest in all of his relationship. And the last one is is uh, is helping to save others. Now I know this is a hard test and I know that every one of us ought to look at it and we ought to say I'm ashamed that I haven't talked to more people. I'm ashamed that I don't set in my mind certain people to talk with to try to help them to understand what they ought to do. Now, they're not going to all hear. Jesus said there's going to be four types of people. Some is by the wayside, the stony ground. And uh, uh, there's some that's going to fall, uh, that the devil's going to come and pick it up. Now, going to stay there very long. And there is some uh, that is going to receive it, and, and it's going to, then the riches and things and the cares of the, of the world is going to come and, and, and choke it out. But he said there are three types that whenever we talk with people, there will be some that they won't be like the hundredfold, all of them won't be 60 but some of them will and some of them will be 30 but he said that's that's the odds now what happens to us is that when we talk to people and they don't respond uh, we get discouraged but his word is powerful and he said go share it with everybody and that 15th chapter says he is the vine and we're the branches and if our fire his Word abides in us and we abide in Him, we're going, to, we're going to have it made. But if His Word doesn't abide in us, we're going to be cut off. And that just sort of summarizes what we were saying. If you're here this evening and you need the prayers, you need to apply this, help. ask God to help you. If there's anyone who needs to respond to the invitation, come as we stand together and sing.